did you know that the very first Legend of Zelda game showcased only two of the three Triforces? True story. That game only managed to have wisdom and power. Seems developers were just lacking some courage. Don't worry, the sequel rectified that by combining all three and giving the gaming world one of the most recognizable icons in the video game pantheon. The Triforce? Huh. I guess it's both singular and plural, even when you need to collect eight smaller triangles to make one. Well, whatever version of the Triforce you happen upon, consider yourself lucky, because you're probably in the magical world of Hyrule. So grab your Master Sword and tuck away your Ocarina, because I'm about to reveal the power of the Triforce. This is video game lore. Welcome to Video Game Lore, the podcast where I try forcing upon you the lore regarding your favorite video games. I uncover the fascinating mythology behind the most beloved characters, magical items, and mystical worlds. I'm your host and self-proclaimed ludologist, Matt Varish. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode is Triforce Trinity Trifecta, an appropriate title for my third episode if I do say so myself. The Legend of Zelda is, well, legendary. And legend has it, we gamers will soon be receiving a sequel to the Nintendo Switch's incredible Breath of the Wild. I can't wait, though I'll have to since I can't use an ocarina to time travel into the future and get an early copy. What I can do is wax poetic about my absolute favorite game series. I plan on doing this over the course of several episodes dedicated to The Legend of Zelda, each dealing with a unique topic about the series. Today I want to start with a triangular symbol that only the Great Pyramids could best, the Triforce. These three golden triangles have been casting spells upon gamers since the mid-80s. 1986 introduced the world to the hero of ages, Link, as he first collected his wooden sword, explored the land of Hyrule, and fought against the evil forces of Ganon to save Princess Zelda. Many exciting adventures ensued thereafter, and endless fun was had by all. Throughout all of the journeys, the Triforce was present. Whether Link collected shards to reconstruct one single Triforce, recovered the full triple Triforce from Ganon's slain body, or simply witnessed its symbolic form throughout the game, the Triforce was always close in The Legend of Zelda. I've always been taken by the design of the three golden triangles merged into one unmistakable symbol. Its design, while simple, is genius and showcases the power of the Trinity and all of its glory. It's one of the very few symbols that unites us gamers from all walks of life. That's the power of the Triforce. On a personal note, my favorite video game of all time happens to be Super Nintendo's A Link to the Past. Favorite by a long shot. Maybe I have some serious 16-bit nostalgia bias, seeing as I was 14 years old when this game was released in 1992. But I'm not alone in knighting this particular title. Many people have a Zelda game as their favorite, and it's easy to see why. A perfect combination of epic music, precise gameplay, memorable characters, unforgettable storylines, and a distinct mythology imbue each and every game. What is the Triforce? Where did it come from? What does it represent? And how does the Trinity and our own mythology intersect? The number three has been significant since time immemorial, whether it be in math, mythology, or most prominently in religion. But first, let's take a look at the history of the Triforce. Shigeru Miyamoto, remember him? The father of modern video games. Yeah, he helped design and create The Legend of Zelda. 
It's hard to fathom that he was the architect for both the Mario and Zelda series. And while he and fellow game designer Takashi Tezuka may have incorporated the Triforce into the Zelda games, the triple triangle symbol itself has been around for over a thousand years. Weird fact, the Triforce was originally supposed to be a computer chips Link collected as he traveled into the past and future. I'm not entirely sure what sort of device Link was assembling in order to save Zelda, but I would have loved to have seen an early artwork for it. Regardless, I'm glad Miyamoto and Tezuka settled on the current design. In Japan, the Triforce is known as Torifosu, meaning three powers. I'll be addressing those three powers shortly, as well as the significance of the number three. And speaking of three, an energy corporation in Japan called Mitsuroko uses a strikingly similar logo, which translates into three scales. The name Mitsuroko comes from 12th and 13th century Japanese politics, and the Hojo were a major force at that time. And wouldn't you know it, the Hojo's family crest is essentially the Triforce. Feudal Japanese politics begets current-day energy corporations. Maybe it's not so hard to see why the Torai Fosu made its way into video games. The Triforce may seem like little more than a symbol or ideology, but its origin lies in three eternal beings called the Golden Goddesses. Din is the goddess of power who resides in the top Triforce triangle. She is represented by the element of fire. Nehru, the goddess of wisdom, takes her place within the left triangle. Her element is water. Farora, the goddess of courage, claims the final Triforce on the right. Wind is her elemental power. The world forged by these mighty beings eventually gave rise to the majestic land of Hyrule. Din created the material realm, and Nehru gave the realm law and order. Farora then created all life to follow said order. Before leaving the newly created world, the three goddesses apportioned a small essence of themselves into the Triforce they left behind. This powerful relic was entrusted to another goddess, Hylia, who protected it from evildoers in the parallel world known as the Sacred Realm. One infamous villain with sinister intentions had made multiple attempts at utilizing the Triforce's power. That being was the wizard Ganon. Fortunately, Hylia had the spirits of light assisting her in protecting the Triforce in the land of Hyrule. These four animal spirits, Ordona, Farin, Elden, and Lanayru, fought off a tribe of dark magic interlopers that had attempted to enter the sacred realm and gain the power of the Triforce. Like the Golden Goddesses, the spirits of light eventually left Hyrule, and their role of defeating Ganon was fulfilled. Thankfully, the hero of ages, Link, remained to continue to protect the land. But that's another story for another episode. A deeper dive into the Triforce reveals its symbolism. As I stated earlier, the Triforce represents power, wisdom, and courage associated with the three golden goddesses. These virtues also correspond with peace and balance of all things, such as the body, mind, and soul. The body is linked with physical power, a force that overcomes obstacles and can change and shape the world. One person alone cannot possess this soul power as it leads to self-corruption. The mind is connected to intellectual wisdom, dictating the laws of behavior and slashing through confusion. However, an individual who claims dominion of wisdom is powerless. The soul is allied with spiritual courage. It drives all living things, enabling them to choose love over fear. While a courageous soul may be weak and ignorant, wisdom and power are both attainable through his or her efforts. It's no surprise that these virtues are associated with three individuals who represent the backbone of The Legend of Zelda's mythology. Ganon is closely tied to power. Zelda, the eponymous heroine of light, is bonded with wisdom. 
Link, the hero of ages, is one with courage, though it is he who is capable of wielding the full Triforce. And that leaves us with balance. Power, wisdom, and courage working in concert with one another produces stability. The three separate Triforce pieces merge together to form a larger, cohesive triangle, making it greater than the sum of its parts. Is this not a metaphor for the philosophy of life? Achieving harmony to better oneself. Where do these virtues stem from? The Legend of Zelda may have impressed upon the minds of many a gamer what the trinity of balance can provide Link, but our own mythology has been dealing with these ideas for millennia. So, without further ado, let's explore the lore. The Holy Trinity. Sound familiar? It should. Even if you weren't brought up under the Christian doctrine, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are pretty much known the world over. Whereas the golden goddesses of Zelda are three separate deities offering ideas and purposes, the Holy Trinity is one God in three divine persons. God is the creator of all things, not unlike how Din, Nehru, and Frorora created Hyrule. It is notable to mention that the shield of the Trinity is a symbolic diagram depicting three points of a triangle representing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Each point toward the center toward God. The lines connecting the outskirts of the three points explain how the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and so on and so forth. The shield is a triangle, just like the Triforce. The number three occurs often in religious parables. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. The devil tempted Jesus three times, the Magi, a.k.a. the three wise men. Outside of Christianity, Judaism tells of the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Buddhism has the three jewels, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. The three sacred treasures are the imperial regalia of Japan, the sword, mirror, and jewel. It continues on in other religions as well. Too many to note. Mythology has an equally rich history regarding the number three. The Mayans spoke of the three attempts to create mankind. It goes as follows. The first man was made of clay but destroyed by a flood. The second man was made of wood but was washed away by a storm. The third was made of maize, from whom we are all descended. Manuk Manuk was a blue chicken of a Sumatran supreme god. One day the chicken laid three eggs, which in turn birthed three gods. These gods created three different levels of the universe, heaven, earth, and the underworld. Where have I heard that before? In Rome, the entrance of a home was protected by three gods to keep evil demons at bay. Forculus is the god of doors. Cardea, the goddess of hinges and door handles. And Lamentius, the god of thresholds. I swear I'm not making this up. Greek mythology has the Fates, or Moirai, a group of three weaving goddesses who assign individual destinies to mortals at birth. Clotho, the spinner. Lachesis, the allotter, and Atropos, the inflexible. They were so powerful that not even Zeus could recall their final decisions. Another more terrifying mythical Greek being is Cerberus, the hound of Hades. Cerberus is a monstrous three-headed dog with a serpent's tail that guards the gates to the underworld. And finally, I wanted to talk about the great goddess Hecate, one of the main deities worshipped in Athenian households. While I can find no account directly connecting her mythology with the creation of the golden goddesses, I like to think that she played some small inspirational part. 
Hecate is an ancient Greek goddess associated with crossroads, entranceways, light, magic, witchcraft, the night, knowledge of herbs and poisonous plants, ghosts, necromancy, and sorcery. That's quite an eclectic list. Though capable of both good and evil, she is largely considered a protective deity, one who bestows prosperity and daily blessings on families. At one point, she had been acknowledged as a savior and was allowed, some, rulership over earth, sea, and sky. This one quote fascinated me. She is more at home on the fringes than in the center of Greek polytheism. Intrinsically, ambivalent and polymorphous, she straddles conventional boundaries and eludes definition. It's hard not to notice some similarities to the roles of the golden goddesses. Hecate may not have been a creator of worlds, but she was a guardian. Another parallel to the goddesses of the Zelda series is her form. While Hecate may be one being, she has the appearance of three women while acting as one. Triple Hecate. Three powerful female deities with their backs together, forming a triangle. What do you think? Is Hecate the mythological equivalent of the golden goddesses? Is the Holy Trinity an inspiration for the Triforce? Maybe. I'll let you decide for yourself. And so, another journey concludes. The power of the Golden Goddesses has been put forth toward good, and the Triforce can rest once more. Well, until Ganon rears his ugly boar head and coaxes the hero of ages out of retirement. Again. Better keep an eye on that Master Sword Link. Don't let Zelda go sticking it in the stone where you won't be able to pull it out until you have enough hearts. And it always seems as though he starts his adventures with little more than a flimsy green tunic, a wooden play sword and shield, and barely enough strength to ward off an Octorok. But what fun would The Legend of Zelda be if he was mighty from the outset? My guess is that this particular podcast would not exist if that were the case. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Lore. If you liked what you heard, I implore you to subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorite podcast. I would truly appreciate the gesture. Video Game Lore is brought to you by Night Apple Creations, a multimedia production company from the minds of yours truly and Stephanie Varish. It specializes in books, art, video, and audio. Stop on by and have a look around at nightapplecreations.com, where you can find the link to my podcast website. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at VGLorePodcast. That's the letters V as in video, G as in game, lore podcast. You can find this information in the episode notes of your podcast app. Thanks again and until next time when I provide for you some more lore on your favorite video games, namely volume one of my Pokemon series. Keep on playing. I'm Matt Varish and this is Video Game Lore. (laughs) 